The Valley Hub Stories podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast has been recorded, Gumbangia country. We acknowledge and respect their continuing connection to and care of country throughout time. Thank you for joining me for the fifth episode of the Valley Hub Stories podcast and the first for 2023. Today's episode was recorded at the end of last year and not unlike most other people, at that time I was experiencing quite some burnout uh, for the end of the year and thus my voice is a little bit deeper than usual. So please bear with that in amongst uh, the scratchy voices, definitely some great content for you. And on the topic of content, we have some really exciting stories to share with you this year, but we're always looking for more. So if you have a story that you'd like to share or know somebody you think has a story that's worth hearing, we'd love to hear from you. So get in touch via our socials or reach out at info at valleyhub.com.au. My guest today is a fifth generation Nambucca Valiant, author of over 19 rural and women's fiction novels. Rescuer of Brumbies and Guinea Fowl, mother, grandmother, an all-round incredibly valuable member of our community. And if you haven't quite connected the dots, our guest for today is the one and only Carly Lane. So saddle up, let's get into it. So first up, tell me about you. Oh, it's a pretty boring story. I was usually, when I first started, I was just house mum, working part-time. It hasn't really changed. I'm still at home and still got kids. So I think my love of growing up in rural Australia has been what has prompted the types of books I write and that's what influences probably my characters and things. So I'm just lucky that it just all works. I seem to just be able to write what I know and it somehow works. Are your characters based on real people on occasion? <laughs> I guess they're bits and pieces of real people. I did base one character on my very first book on somebody and then had a massive panic attack because I thought they'd recognise themselves, so (laughs) I won't do that ever again. But I think a lot of the time, yeah, you draw on bits and pieces of different people. Hmm. So uh, how long ago did you start writing? Um, I've sort of been dabbling in it since I was like 19 or something when I was – running out of books that I like to read. I decided to try and write my own. But um, I sort of would write for a bit and then put it away and then bring it out after another few years and give it another go. But it wasn't till probably about 2008, 2009 when I decided I was going to try it properly and try and do it, sit down and do it. And I joined a few different things. Uh, Romance Writers of Australia were really good because they had conferences and networking and online stuff. So that's where I sort of knuckled down and learned how to try and do it because before I'd just been winging it. (laughs) And um, there wasn't a lot of stuff out there because the internet wasn't really up and running properly when I first started, which sounds ancient. But, um, yeah, it was really hard to start with if you were teaching yourself. So it was good to get into an organisation that sort of specialised in helping you. And that's where I got my start. That's where I figured out how to pitch to publishers and what they were looking for and stuff. So, yeah, about 2009 I started writing with the aim of trying to get published and submitting and 2010 I was published. So, yeah. Do you remember that feeling of having your first book in your hands? <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was it was different to what I thought. I don't know. I think a lot of people 
and I don't even know where I got the idea from, but I was thinking, you know, you you get a phone call and it's all really, really special and you, you get taken out to lunch or something. I don't know. But it was all really quite, um, I don't know, I, I got an email to say, you know, we'd like to take your book. And it was, it was still really cool, but it was, it was a little bit different. It was sort of like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and I think I had a lot of rewriting to do before they actually accepted my first book. So it sort of wasn't, you know, out of the blue, like a big congratulations sort of thing. But it was pretty, spe- it is still pretty special to go in and see it on a bookshelf or, you know, it's somewhere on a shelf. It, yeah, it's, it doesn't get old. You sort of still have to pinch yourself and think, oh, that's my book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a pretty, pretty special feeling. So what does a day-to-day look like for you? And do you have any kind of, I guess, mechanisms or traditions around when you're writing, when you're sitting down to write? At first, because I was writing and I had really little kids, it was just write whenever I could and it'd be in 10-minute bits here and there and, you know, you'd be writing while you're breaking up fights or you'd be, (laughs) um, you know, trying to feed the dog or do something in between. But And then it's sort of... I would get up earlier and start trying to organise myself, you know, whenever I could try and find some peace and quiet, which is a bit hard with four kids. That became my, I suppose, routine, just grabbing whatever early hours I could get and that sort of thing. Uh, it's a lot easier now because I do it as a job, but on the other hand, it's also hard because if you're working from home, <laughs> you tend to sort of be a bit slack. You've got to be really, um, yeah, you've got to really make yourself sit down, sit down sometimes and do it properly. And I do struggle sometimes. I get distracted easily by animals and <laughs> life. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but as a job it's sort of got yeah, – it is easier because you can sort of schedule your day a lot better. When do you find that you do your best writing? It's kind of – for me it's when I'm on a roll when the story's actually going because a lot of the time it's actually a struggle, <laughs> you know, for the – the story's not working, it's really quite hard to make yourself sit down and actually write that day, especially if you're sort of, if you're like me, I don't really plan my books. So it's kind of hard if I've written a scene here and there and it might not be the beginning and then I don't know how it's going to all join together and that can be really frustrating. But when I've got a bit of a role or when I've suddenly thought of something that would be really good for it, I find that I just sit and just write and it's effortless then. But um the day-to-day thing, it's not always like that. It is a bit of a struggle some days to make yourself sit down and just try and figure out what you're going to do with it. But, um, yeah, when you've got a role, it's great. <laughs> so when you say you don't necessarily know where your books are going to go, so rather than mind mapping, do you kind of let them write themselves? Is that how the process mm, is? Mm. And even when you think you know where they're going, I find my characters still decide what they want to do anyway. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I've tried to plot things out. I've tried to be, you know, do all the different ways they tell you, you know, to try. But it's just to, for me, I don't know, it must be just the way my brain works. I just, I like to let it just happen. And um, and it usually will. It's just usually a lot slower, a lot more painful because you just hope to God this time it is going to work out. And it always usually does by the end. It's just yeah, I can be riding along thinking I'm going in one direction and then another idea will come up and it'll take you in a whole different sort of way. So it's good because then it sort of surprises me too. <laughs> so what do you feel uh, – so you often put out on social media, you know, the call to – for, you know, specific information around, mm. you know, names or mm. places or mm. events. Mm-hmm. I guess that's, that's a pretty cool thing because uh, – 
I suppose it, it enables the community to be able to see themselves in a, in a part of each of your books too. It is good. Um, and sometimes it's because it's a pretty lonely sort of career really if you're sitting in a room by yourself sort of thing. It's lovely when you reach out and you can get people to connect with you that way. Yeah, and sometimes it's really people can give you ideas that you weren't actually expecting and it can take you in a whole new direction with stuff if you especially with a lot of stuff that you don't know much about which is pretty much everything I ask <laughs> but um, you often have to find out things that all fit in with a character for their occupation or a, a specific company or something that happens and it's good because a lot of people will give you their stories and you know their twist on something and it's really good it's it often opens up a whole new new thing in the book. How does it feel when you've finished a book having spent so much time with those characters? Is it, you know, I'm thinking about when you finish a Netflix series or, or mm. a, you know, a really good book. It, there's like a grieving process to that, I think. It can be, yeah. Um, it's hard because I work sort of, I have two coming out a year, so you're sort of constantly writing and you've got to keep pushing yourself sort of thing. But you definitely do miss the characters, I think. Yeah, and it's often afterwards when you go back and look at previous books, my older books, sometimes I start reading about the characters and think, oh, gee, I miss them. Like It's sort of a lot of the time it's after when you go back, you really sort of miss their story and you do often sometimes wonder what they're doing. I guess because you're not sitting there like when you watch a Netflix, which I do too, I, I hate it when you get to the end of a series, but because you've been doing it for so long and in bits and pieces. It's not like you just sat down and wrote the whole thing out, like reading it sort of thing. So I suppose I don't miss it as much as the reader would probably miss them when they first finish. But, yeah, you do miss them. Mm. Your books are primarily rural fiction. Where does that passion come from for you? Mm, I think growing up in rural, rural Australia, we just lived in small towns my whole life. Dad moved around with his job a lot. But we always um, were in a small town which I don't know, I think that's just you take things in, you don't realise you are soaking things in, but you are sort of I often will be writing something that's come back as a memory when I was younger or something of how people were or what things were going on in the community. So it's just who I am and what I've been brought up doing. So do you sometimes find, uh, we discussed before about, you know, whether people and parts play into your books. <laughs> yes. um, but do you sometimes find that your books play into your life too? Not consciously, but I do find, especially my family when they read, will often say, oh, my God, like, that's so you, or, oh, that was what we were talking about the other day or something. Like, I think you do put a lot of yourself and your life and, and stuff that's going on around because I often will use situations that I might have seen and, and I've been thinking about sort of thing. So, yeah, there's often familiar things that go into it that I guess if you were there and you saw it, you'd understand that you know, that was something. But sometimes probably a little bit too much of yourself goes in there. <laughs> Is there something you would want your readers to know about you? <laughs> um, I am really disorganised. <laughs> It really is me who's completely disorganised all the time. Um, I don't know. I, I think they think writers are somehow really clever or something, but it's really not the case. It's, yeah, they're just everyday people, I think, that just like telling stories and are lucky enough to have the ability to see something and question it and then make that into a story sort of thing. So it's And I'm really lucky. I've got really lovely readers. I don't know whether it's just the genre or 
where I live or what it is, but I have the really lovely readers and really lovely local support. They've always been great supporting all my books and that that come out. We've always had really good support locally. And and I think a lot of the towns that I put in my books are usually loosely based on either Maxville or Barrowville, like especially the main streets and the things that you describe. So it's sort of lovely that we've got that connection with your hometown sort of through most of the books. And I think a lot of local readers pick up on that too, which is nice. Do you find that people come up and say, oh, why did this character do that? Or, you know, I want this character to, to end up here. Or and Not so much on the street, but I do get messages a lot of times saying, you know, or halfway through it, like, oh, my goodness, how's this going to end? It's just like, keep reading. <laughs> but, um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you do get direct questions. <laughs> so if there was one piece of advice that you could give to young or upcoming writers, what would it be? Oh, keep writing, just write, 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 even – because getting that first book finished is a big achievement. When you've written a book and you sit there and think, oh, my goodness, it's a huge achievement and you need to sort of sit back and think, well, I've done that. But in the reality, that's only the really, like, first basic step. So you've got to prepare yourself that you need to probably rewrite it and then maybe rewrite it again and you have to sort of um, be willing to sort of take – criticism on it but with from people that know what they're saying they're not just everybody but go and find people that can help you join groups join writing groups join online sort of um, creative writing groups things like that because you need a lot of support from people that are doing the same sort of thing to sort of motivate you a lot of the time and you need someone to be able to complain to like and say oh they've said this is crap and it's not you know but you just have to have a bit of an open mind and, and you will look back on the thing, the very first thing you wrote, thinking it's absolutely brilliant and and just cringe and think, oh, my God. <laughs> but um, it's something that you don't really see until you've been doing it for a while and you've just got to keep writing so you've got – get that practice. It's like anything. It needs to be exercised, I guess. But, um, yeah, keep keep writing and keep going. What about that self-advocacy piece, the self-promotion of putting yourself out there? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you over – um, you know that lack of confidence in your or the imposter syndrome. How do you how do you get past that? I don't. <laughs> I still have that every day. It is hard. I I think things with social media and that I I tend to just treat them like. I mean, I have an author page, but I find I don't like going on there. That feels not so much me. Whereas my own page, my personal page, I tend to be a lot more who I am, and I feel like people relate to you a lot better when you're just who you are. So that seems to work for me better than anything I could probably ever sort of sit down and and plan. And I just, I I don't know, I think, I don't know, maybe I don't do it properly. (laughs) And sometimes I do think, how does a professional writer do this? Or what would, how do you really do it properly? But I've just come to the conclusion, you just have to be yourself. You just have to, you know, relate to people and just put your book out there and, and that sort of seems to be working. So, yeah, I think if, if you're relatable, people will sit and listen to stuff a lot more than if you just keep putting up a thing, buy my book, buy my book. Yeah, they, they seem to feel like they've been along for the ride if you share little bits and pieces through the process, mm. whether it's me ranting or something through the day. They seem, they'll remember it and think, oh, you know, it was all worth it at the end when the book comes out. So, yeah. Carly rants too. <laughs> yeah, Carly rants a lot. <laughs> On the topic of being who you are, mm-hmm. who are you when you're not writing? 
Yeah, it's funny. It changes as you get older. I think you you change a lot. I think at the beginning I was just Carly mum mostly and Carly crazy author, you know, in the in-between times. But um, oh, I don't know. I think I'm still Carly mum but then I think you're also Carly the person and you sort of that, – that bit is still um, developing I think nowadays. The older you get you sort of – which is good for my writing because – the more experiences you have, I think, the more you can write authentically. So I guess it's all just part of the process. But, um, yeah, once your kids get a bit older and that, and then you sort of – you do look at yourself and think, who am I? And, yeah, I I don't really know. I'm still finding out who I am. But I think I'm the most happiest when I'm able to just write and be with my horses and know that my kids are happy. And, yeah, I think – It'll just be a slow process of finding out who I am and it'll keep changing probably the older I get. So what do you like about living in the valley? What's not to like? It has got so much stuff and it it constantly amazes me. You can be, you know, on the beach one day in a rainforest 10 minutes up the road, you know, the beautiful countryside, which I tend to – enjoy more of the farming and riverside of the valley. I'm sort of more that way. But, you know, to have the beaches that we have and to have the rainforest pockets and to to have all the, I don't know, just the people too. We have a really genuine, friendly little community. And I've had someone who grew up in the city come up lately and and they still sort of can't quite grasp how laid back and friendly the place is. It's sort of, I think they're looking for an ulterior motive that people just say hello and, you know, you walk past people and you smile and say hello and they, do you know them? It's like, no, but, you know, it's just it's just what happens. And I think um, we have a really lovely atmosphere here that you don't always appreciate till you've been somewhere else and realise that other places don't necessarily have that. So... It does have a very special, friendly, family sort of feel about it, and I think. Mm. Do you have a book based on the bushfires or an account? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, last year or the year yeah, before. Tell, yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, that was a really special one. Um, after the fires, I think that changed so many people. You know, we weren't – we've always had fires in Australia, always had fires even locally, but they've never really, I think, affected a community the way that these ones did – and I, I don't know, it was just something that I've really felt deeply about. Um, and afterwards, it wasn't so as horrific as the fires themselves were. It was more the community that just stood out for me. And I just wanted to really celebrate our community, but in a fictional way, I guess, because it was happening everywhere. So I think a lot of places that were affected by the fires would relate to that book because it could have been their community too. But I was just blown away by our community, how everyone pulled together, how everyone was just um, willing to help and opening their doors to everybody and oh, it was just amazing. I don't think we've ever – as many floods and things we've as we've been through, I don't think anything brought us together as a community the way that did at that time. So just amazing. Mm. Were you personally impacted where you are? Um, we had it either side of us around Barrowville and stuff. It didn't come right up to our doors, but it was it was that uncertainty, like that any minute, you know, it was just the wind, like what was the wind going to do? And I think for me I was really stressed with my animals, so it was mainly my horses and that I was worried about and 
being Brumbies, of course, unhandled, like I'm thinking, how am I going to get these off? So we had to truck them and put them just over at the showground. And that in itself, that showground was just amazing. The It was like another community in itself over there, just people bringing their animals. There was ducks and there was chooks and there was goats and there was any any animal you can imagine over in that showground. And the people that just volunteered to help and look after them for people and, you know, the people that were setting up there that had to evacuate and, you know, they were leaving with just their animals and their, their clothes on their back. It was just very confronting but also very oh, inspiring that people could just be so kind and generous and, um, yeah, so I think that was the only way it impacted me that it was just it was just so stressful and having the car packed ready to go because you just you didn't know where it was going to turn around and sort of go and places were burning that you would just think, that's ridiculous, you know, and Barrowville itself was under threat, which was just how does a whole town burn, like which it could have. So I think it was just that stress that was hanging around for so long, so many weeks, that was what I felt the most. But but like I said, the book was more about celebrating the community and just the heroes that came out of that because they were amazing. All our farmers that that just sort of banded together and, and they were on the front line and they're not trained, you know, and they were just taking on these horrible situations and doing it just so well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, everyone was pulling together to look after everybody else. It was great. So how many Brumbies do you have? Uh, five. Five? <laughs> yes. How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. It was an accident. <laughs> well, initially it was because I was um, researching for a book and came across the Brumbies up at Guy Fawkes in, uh, well, up around the Guy area. And I went up to see them after I'd written the book just because I'd I'd been in touch with the people that run the organisation and, and I just wanted to say hello. And they were having an open day and I came away with two horses that day <laughs> by accident. And, um, yeah, and then from then on there was more captured and I just, you know, had to add to my little little herd. So we've stopped at that now because I've run out of room. But, um, yeah, it, it's just, yeah, they're a whole unique experience themselves. They're, they're amazing, completely different to a domestic horse and the bond you get with them is, yeah, it's really, really amazing. Yeah. So how many books have you written up until now? I think we're up to 21. Yeah. Yeah, I did a few self-published ones earlier on and things. So, yeah, it's probably about 25 all up, but 21 published with Alan and Unwin. So, yeah, I know it's getting a bit hard to fit them on the bookcase. <laughs> So where can people purchase your books? They're always usually available in Big W and Kmart, places like that, bookshops and online bookshops. They seem to be readily available there. But it's good, yeah, if we had a little local bookshop, I'd love to plug that. But (laughs) it's a bit hard now. We sort of um, have to just get them where you can find them. Sometimes the post office even has them, which is really cool. I never thought I'd see books in in the post office, but it's really nice when you're standing in line, you look over and there's one of your books sitting on a shelf. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us. No worries. Thank you for coming. It's great to find out a bit more about what everyday life looks like for you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Valley Hub Stories. We would love to hear from you about who you would like to hear from us. So please reach out via our socials, thevalleyhub underscore NV or email us at info at thevalleyhub.com.au. Until next time. Happy New Year!